like, well, I'm not scared of anything. That's why I'm doing this. And then you look back on stuff and go, I'm actually super scared of stuff. That's why I'm doing it. Cool. So we are um, another episode of Beyond the Headlines. I'm not sure what episode this is. I think we kind of stopped keeping track. Um, we're here with Bradley Barnes. Um, give us so to, let's start out. Tell us who you are, what you do. Give us your story, your like origin story. Oh man, like a superhero. Yeah, like supervillain. All right. Uh, my name is Brad Barnes. Um, I have lived here in Midland my my whole life, except for a little year and a half span in Houston. Um, what I do is I own uh, Midland BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy, Martial Arts Academy, and then I also coach at another gym. Um, I coach MMA fighters, Muay Thai fighters, and just people that just want to have fun, learn <laughs> so some cool. stuff. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I got started doing that. I had my first professional fight three months after I graduated high school. Wow. Yeah. So I was uh, 18 years old, um, about 70 pounds bigger, 70 or 80 pounds bigger. Yeah. Didn't know what I wanted to do with anything, so I just I just wanted to do something, stay competitive and um, try something different off, off the beaten path. And I signed up for a fight, didn't realize it was professional, so everything I had after that was professional. Um, and then just stuck with it. Yeah. It's, it's been a kind of a lifelong pursuit, something I, I enjoy doing, something I love doing. And uh, right now I'm getting a lot out of helping other people do it as well. So let me – were you – did you get into it like as it was growing in popularity? So when I got involved in, in MMA, it wasn't called MMA. Yeah. You would call it uh, Valley Tudo fighting or, you know, or no rules fighting, no holds barred, NHB, yeah. you know, full contact fighting. Um, there, was no, there was no name for it of, of mixed martial arts. Uh, if people didn't know what you were talking about, there would be a pay-per-view for the UFC once every three or four months. There would be an organization in Japan, Pride. There would be one of those every three or four months, kind of in the middle. They would kind of. It was still very low key at the time. Very low key. When you would t- when I would tell people, yeah, I fight in a cage, they're like, oh, like the WWF, and I was like, <laughs> no, it was like minus the chairs, yeah, and the, the fake stuff, yeah. Know? And it was it was very hard trying to describe to people what it was, and then after that, it was why are you doing that? You right. Know? So it was, it's always just been one of those things, kind of an uphill battle. And then, you know, the ultimate fighter, the first season happened, the Forrest Griffin, Stephen Bonner fight happened. Then all of a sudden everybody yeah. knows what you're talking about. So. That's crazy. So you were like, so what made you get into that? Cause so clearly it wasn't the fame. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that's, that's, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing about that back then that anybody even knew. Um, you know, to be honest, I, I had, a. Uh, I've always had, you know, big self-esteem problems. I've always had. Really? Uh, oh, for sure. hundred percent. Like right now I'm just the most unconfident human being in my life. Um, I don't I, know I've why. Had, I, well, I've always had that issue. I've always had a problem with feeling like I belong. Um, like I'm, I'm valued or worthy or being able to be a part of something. Um, but you know, martial arts, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, you know, wrestling, kickboxing, all that stuff. It's such a, is such a widespread community as far as the amount of different types of people and what they're into and their personality types. It's such a big community, but it's also such a tight knit community because you have an instant respect for anybody that can do that because you know how hard it is for yourself. So people tend to accept each other a little easier in that. So that's, that's kind of what drew me to it. Even before I knew that's what it was. I can look back on, you know, back then I was just like, Hey, you know, I like to fight and I'm tough. Right. I mean, you've done some psychoanalysis of your, in kind of why you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and what actually, you know, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, well, I'm not scared of anything. That's why I'm doing this. And then you look back on stuff and go, I'm actually super scared of stuff. That's why I'm doing it. Right. That's so interesting. You're, you're the, I remember when we were growing up in high school, you know, everybody wanted to be, everyone wanted to be a fighter, but we didn't like, it's funny looking back at this because I remember speaking, we talked to a lot of my friends who are always wanted to go do it and always wanted to like said they wanted to go do it but like never really wanted to go do it right, if that right. makes sense oh no because it was the fame part that was that was attracted to you know attracted a lot of people did you see that as it was getting bigger in popularity that you were starting to see more uh what's the word i'm looking for people i'm just gonna i'm just gonna use people looking for fame rather than it's it's not did I see it? It's I see that every day. Really? You I still see, see it? Oh, my gosh. It's, and it's worse now than it was. Yeah. You know, before people looked at it as, you know, and, and I mean, maybe I perpetuate the stereotype a little bit. I mean, you see some out of shape, 
fat guy, you know, with some tattoos, thinks he's tough, and he was would win some fights. Yeah. You know, my my my, my buddy Paul Buntello. Hi, Paul. Uh, Paul, <laughs> you know, he was he's the anti prototype of a uh-huh. mixed martial arts heavyweight. He doesn't look like he has any muscle on him. You know, he's got the belly. He's you know, he's uh, he cares more about what he's going to eat than what he's going to train for his next fight. But the guy was knocking everybody out. The guy's fought for a title in every major organization he's ever fought for. Um, so I think when people look at guys like that, they look at Roy Nelson, they look at me, and they look at, at those type of people, they think they can get involved in it. It's not that hard. Then they go to a class. Yeah. Because everybody in their head, especially men, I know how to fight. Oh, yeah, I've been yeah. in fights. I know how to handle myself. I'm tough. And then you put them through a class. They don't know how to jab. They don't know how to cross. They don't know how to move without crossing their feet and getting off balance. Right. You know, they, they don't understand the first thing about training. So when you get them involved in that, and, and it seems to be like that's especially with mixed martial arts. With Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, there's a different mindset. People come in like, I want to learn something. Yeah. You know, name one. You know, you're, you're a casual fan. Name one uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion. Yeah. Okay. Name a UFC champion. Oh sure, yeah, I can do that all day, right? See what I'm saying. Yeah. So there's so the different there's different types of people get involved with it, and the the people we see nowadays doing MMA, they see social media and they see the right. the one minute or fifteen second video clips of training and think that's what it's all about. I just spar, I just hit mitts, doing this, <laughs> running my hands really fast, my head doesn't move, my feet don't move, and they think that's that's training, right. but that's that's just a s- small small part of what it is, and everything else that you do is what people might consider boring. Right, you know, it's funny, you know that that's such a that's such a normal theme for like everything though. Whenever, whenever people look at something and they they're looking at it from the outside in, they see such a small sliver of what's actually going on. Yeah. And like, especially with a skill set, like with you know with mixed martial arts or the skill set like that, I am I can almost just from my experience from other skill sets that I've kind of dove into, knowing that probably ninety nine percent of it's boring. Or quote unquote boring, right, right? right? Because th- those those little skills are the ones that kind of make the difference, yeah. right? Everybody wants to everybody wants to play the guitar solo on stage. They don't want to sit there and practice scales. Exactly, exactly. Yep, six seven hours right. a day. You yep. know, exactly. So. And you know that's that's so interesting. So tell me more about tell me more about yourself. Oh, what man. what else what else is going on in your head? What do you got? What's going on right now in your life that's interesting? Um, you know, right now it's a it's a new kind of time for, for me with the way that I'm marketing and promoting the Midland BJJ. Um, I think that I think right now there's such a and, and this kind of goes to the social media thing and, and the way people want to be famous. stuff. I think there's such mm-hmm. a drive of me, 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 I sure. think team and the value of other people around you is so important and, and, and really trying to push that right now and, and let people understand that, you know, I think a lot of people that get involved in something later in life, uh, martial arts especially, something where they can use their mind and their body when one or the other might be deficient. So you're having to make up, right. you know, wherever you got those holes. And I think people get drawn to that sometimes because they weren't a good athlete in high school. They weren't the me, 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 superstar, I, I did this by myself, congratulations to myself. Yeah. You know, they, they weren't that. And I think that is off-putting a little bit. And I think that's something that that they really enjoy to see that I, I can make personal accomplishments, but I'm a part of something bigger. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's, that's kind of, that's a, definitely a direction trying to go right now uh, with the way that kind of as you're building involved. your community going. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, I think community, I think, um, I think the focus on, I mean, there's, there's sports teams and there's people that have been great for those sports teams, but people are always going to follow the team. Right. You know? And I think that's, I think it's something that helps people understand, hey, I'm a part of something that lasts forever, even when I'm done with it. And when I'm not there and I, I can't miss a class, I know there's something going on. I know there's people there that I can I can relate to and I can go back and be welcomed back in like a part of a family. And I think right. that's super important. That's also something people don't see whenever they're watching on television. They don't Correct. see the community that's going behind Correct. there if they're like a part of a you know, a community gym, for example. Yeah. Um that's you know, that's this is I'm gonna draw an interesting parallel. I don't know if you how big you are into this, but we're we're currently diving into the esports community. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't how 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 informed are you on this world? Uh, esports. All I know is is my son plays all these video games. Yeah. And I'm, he's like, hey, can I buy? Th-? I'm like, no, you can't buy any extra apps or whatever. I don't know what this <laughs> stuff is. Yeah. Um, 
I'm, I'm watching. I'm, I'm apparently learning about as a parent that in Fortnite you can teabag people. I don't. So I'm, I'm, I'm That's totally a terrible example. Yes, right, but, but you're but right. I mean, yeah. I, I don't. So I, I'm not really yeah. tuned into it. I mean, yeah. I, I play. I play very, very rarely any kind of video yeah. games, though. So yeah, let me. So what's going on with the community is actually very interesting because, and I've made this comparison several times. It's para, the like the parallels of what the esports community going through is is parallel with what I saw happening with like looking back at the history of what happened with UFC and the MMA and the way it got built up. Um, the esports community right now is in a situation where more money is getting thrown into it. And more and more people are getting involved because of it. Right. But beforehand, my brother, for example, very deep into it well before it was anywhere close to being interesting. Right. Right. And he would – it's so funny when you were talking about the, the, the small, minute, you know, boring right. practice routines. Right. Whenever – I remember a couple of years ago when he was getting ready to go play at a tournament in Las Vegas, he was, he was working full time and he would come home eight hours straight. Just playing his game. And it wasn't like him playing the game, like enjoying it. It was like headphones on and like two hour span of just practicing the same move it was over. Like an eight hour span, and hours. well, I mean, like two hours of just doing one well, thing. Do. Like and it was, thing. I, I remember, like, I, I play casually. I could not do that. Right. No, I could I not couldn't. sit down and just like, it's the same thing when I think about, you know, what with other people. Like, I can imagine people going into it. Like you said, thinking, oh, I know how to fight, right? Oh, yeah. Plenty of people do that too. Oh, sure. I know how to play that game. But you don't really, yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's the same thing with you uh, with MMA I can see as well. Like people think, oh, I know how to fight because, you know, maybe they got in a fight in high school or something, right? Yeah. And they, they won, so their ego's a little inflated. But then when they get into like the real technical parts of what's going on in the, you know, I'm mean, going to use the word game because that's, right, right. that's, that's what happens, right? I mean, you sure have a lot of people get into that and they have – they're so confused because there's so many different skill sets oh, yeah. they're not used to using. Oh, it's it's uh, and, and again, it's just one of those things where there's some there's some there's things with body mechanics that you don't think about. Um, there's things with trying to correlate, like putting things into perspective on how you would look at a movement, mm-hmm. which is you know so so minute detailed. You know, if you bend your knee like this, it helps you get on your hip and load yeah. your hip to extend your leg like this. It's it's very weird. You know, when you talk about punching. You know, if I throw if I throw my cross at somebody and I just pivot my right foot a little bit, it's gonna go about even with my jab or less. But if I pivot all the way and then pull my lead shoulder back, now my cross goes all the way through the target. Just little things that people don't think the about. Little body mechanics. You have to yeah. practice because we put ourselves through our daily routine. You know, most people when they stand up, this is real important with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Most people if they stand up, they put their hand down and, uh, and kind of knee to knee to foot mm-hmm. or whatever. Well, then if they get into a self-defense situation and they need to stand up very quickly, but in a safe way where they can protect their head and have a base, they don't get pushed back over, you have to relearn how to stand up. Yeah, that's you know, interesting. It's, it's it's very crazy. You know, the, the way a child stands up, you know, a, a toddler with a sippy cup, mm-hmm. you know, they widen their base up, they put their hand down, they come back up. That is actually how, <laughs> essentially, that's the way really? you should stand up if you want to stand up with balance and be able to protect yourself. Yeah. But we train ourselves out of that because... As human beings, we're trying to find the the easiest way to do something all the time. Right. And so it's it's kind of like a coming full circle back to hey, we have to learn how to actually, or how our body moves and why it moves that way, and and all the little mental part that goes right. into it. So uh, let let me throw you left field a little bit. Sweet. What? Talk to me about the mental things that happen in the gyms. Um, I'm talking about. Let me, let me give you some specifics. I mean, like. Confidence, mm-hmm. self-awareness, um, just those little things that happen that are out that maybe happen in correlation with what's going on with right. with the body. But like, what kind of transformations do you see from people? You know, you, do you have any you interesting stories? People? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, Maddie Fernandez, Madeline Fernandez, and uh, Tristan Fernandez are, are a couple great examples. Um, they at the gym, they start out not having really done anything outside. They believe. Tristan had just done tennis. I think he still does tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, but they hadn't really done anything, and they weren't a part of that. Like, they didn't feel like they were part of, like, an athletic community. They didn't have a lot of confidence. You know, Maddie was very, very quiet. She was overweight. She didn't have the uh, the confidence to be able to interact with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, that carried over into, you know, what she, she didn't really feel like she had the ability to do any anything else. And now, you know, we look we look back. That was four years ago, and now she's 
you know, she wins these big tournaments. You know, she's American Nationals champion. She's placing in Nogi World Championship. She's placing it in all these tournaments and, and doing awesome and getting invited to do uh, the On It Invitational in Austin, the On It headquarters, you know, one, one of the biggest independent supplement companies in the world, mm-hmm. doing something for them at their gym. And it's it's a real testament to how martial arts, you know, and specifically with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I, I think – I think your every every question I answer, I almost have to answer like BJJ and MMA because the mindsets are different, right. the way you handle things are different. But for for Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, it, it just changed everything. Now she's she she'll talk, she's outgoing, you know. She'll she'll wear shorts out in public, you know. She when she wouldn't, little, yeah, just she little would, things like yeah. that, that that I noticed that I don't even know if she's noticed. I you know, and, and her family's just so proud of her and always always propping her up. And it's not like they weren't before. But now they have something like, hey, I know I'm not going to embarrass her because she's done this and she's proud. She's put the work in. She's done the effort. You know, Tristan's the same way. I mean, he, he's putting in effort. I had him do a little promo video for the gym. Like, hey, te- teach a technique you like. Yeah. Put it up on the Instagram page and boom, runs through it. Runs through it the first time and it was just loud in the gym. So as soon as everybody was quiet and he did it one more time, it was first take, done, yeah. awesome. Um, and then what happens with them? They become role models for other people. And then I think either consciously or unconsciously that – kind of flows back and gives them a little more confidence and makes them yeah. feel a little better about themselves when they're having a bad day. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm helping other people just might be by me showing up yeah. having my bad day, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and with that, that, that's, that's one of those things like, it seems like such a, it, it's almost a generic story for jujitsu because it happens across the board all the time. You know, when you talk about MMA, like how it affects people mentally, I think the first thing it affects people is to understand that, um, uh, Lieutenant Midland Police Department, who was my sergeant when I was working there, uh, he says, when it comes to fighting, the movie in your head and the movie in real life are not on the same timing, the same reel, not even the same movie most of the time. Most people, when they when they get into fighting, they expect themselves to be, uh, you know, Jacques Claude Van Damme, Tony Jaw, Ong right. Bok doing stuff, and then it looks more like if Barney Fife was in a bar fight. You know, <laughs> it's it's just yeah. not you know. It's just not effective. People don't know how to fight. And I think when you talk about confidence, it almost works backwards in MMA because people come in and then they lose their confidence. Yeah. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm way off. I'm, it's, there, it's, the, uh, it's the knowledge curve, right? It's oh, like yeah. when you don't know enough, like you can be com- – I, I, I saw this graph one time. It was talking about – it was basically showing your level of confidence as your level of knowledge grows. Yeah. Like the confidence is real high at first – and as you start learning some more, it goes down. And then as you start really understanding it, right. you know, the, obviously it comes back up. So um, if you – could you give – I don't want to – I don't want to give you, like, one. Could you give me some, like, key factors? What, is, what do you think is, like, the biggest tell when you someone walks in and you know they're going to be successful in the gym? Because I know, you know, we talk about all the success stories, but we know there's some that don't follow oh, through, for right? for sure. For sure. There's a lot that don't pan out. Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to jiu-jitsu, I think the biggest thing, the, the again, it's kind of a from one perspective, another perspective. When someone comes into Brazilian jiu-jitsu, the way you know they're going to be successful is that they keep showing up. That's it. Just being persistent about it. Just just be consistent. Be consistent and have a good attitude. Be willing to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, it's being coachable. You know, that that's definitely something that goes with with both sides. If if you're willing to give up your Xbox or bar time. Or you know the time that you spend playing uh, cornhole out in the you know at the bar out in the, the park yep. or whatever. If you if you're willing to give up that time and invest it into something that's going to have such a big return. I mean, people talk about well, how much does training cost? Oh, I don't know. Training is this much, but you know what you're getting outside of just going and doing that. You're getting a psychiatrist. Yeah. You're getting stress relief. You're getting physical education. You're getting yourself to be mentally activated. You're getting confidence. You're getting self esteem. You know all these things you know you're, you're getting someone that will help you set goals and help you maintain them and hold you accountable you're getting all these things whereas you get a if you're looking at a gym membership right okay well i pay to go somewhere and pick something up and put it down you know you're paying for a lifestyle and that's that's a that's a big thing so when someone comes into jujitsu and they get involved with it they're getting involved in the lifestyle and then they're just showing up all the time and then that's how they're successful i don't care if they're a world champion or, or whatever you know the, the head coach uh, bruno bastos you know, he's always telling people it champion, being a champion on the mat and being a champion in life are two completely different things. And that's a hundred percent correct. Yep. You know, um, man, that's so true. Right. Absolutely. I mean, a goal, <laughs> uh, listen, I, I, you know, 
there's a lot of people put a lot of stock in in metals yeah. that's great guess what there's a lot just sitting in people's houses collecting dust and if you walked around with that metal right now out in midland nobody would care right they would think you were weird for having it on <laughs> no no one yeah. cares if you know if you win the world championships in jiu-jitsu and you're walking in the mall people don't care yeah you know it's more about understanding it's something that you did absolutely yeah Yo, you you know that and you know you you know that now you can set a goal and start on day one build towards that goal complete the goal and then set another goal right so that's cool now when it comes to seeing if someone's gonna be good as as an mma fighter or a muay thai kickboxer or whatever you never know i've had so many people there's there's talented people that have walked in the gym that refuse to be coachable you know they don't want to communicate with a coach right you know they will just disappear for two weeks three weeks or whatever like you told me you wanted to fight in a month yeah. oh yeah but i had this stuff i was like okay well it doesn't work that i got way. facebook i got instagram i got a text messaging i got telephone i got email yeah you know send me a message oh there's also more than one coach oh and you have teammates and oh you know yeah and, and you know people put a lot of their success and failure their their failure has to do with other people their success is their own and that's so backwards. Everything is yours. You have mm-hmm. to own everything. Wins and losses, success we and failure. We just did a thing about this. We were just talking about this. We, I did a video about um, the whole video premise of the video was blame. Like, where do you place blame when oh, yeah. things don't go right? And 99% of the time, people blame outwardly. Oh, for sure. Instead no. of saying, oh, I screwed up, right? Yeah. Because that's, that's really what it is. Like, at the end of the day, it's like if someone doesn't show up, it's not because you had X, Y, and Z. It's because you prioritize differently. Absolutely. That's all it comes down you to. Know, and, and that goes to, to everything. I mean, you know, I'm in, I'm in positions in life where I'm unhappy about some stuff because of decisions I made. You know, I can't blame the other person for it. I can't blame someone else for my problems. Right. I've got to understand, like, every, every action, every decision I made leading up to that point and then going on to today – has resulted in an outcome. Those are choices I made or didn't make. Yeah. So the, that's that stuff you have to deal with, um, and that's and owning that, it's important. Yeah, owning that stuff's really important. I you know I was, um, I was actually listening to Joe Rogan this morning on the way over here. Do you ever listen to Joe Rogan's podcast? I, I listen to Joe Rogan yeah. all the time. I just finished up one. I, I listen to Joe Rogan. I listen to Chael Sonnen. Uh-huh. It's it's called You're Welcome. And anybody watching that does it, you're welcome. Chael Sonnen. <laughs> um, that's that's an awesome podcast. Uh, and then uh, I listened to you know Below the Belt and Fighter and the Kid, mm-hmm. Brendan Shaw, Brian Callen, um, Jocko Willink. So yeah. podcasts all the time. Yeah. So I was listening to Joe Rogan this morning, and what was? Oh my God! I think I lost what I was going to say. There I'm was sorry. no. You're right. It happens. All, it happens all the time. Um, shoot. What were we just talking about? Accepting blame, owning ownership of blame, how you prioritize stuff. It'll come to me. Maybe I'll keep thinking about it. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, but it. The, so, oh, so I know some of the stuff that he was saying. This, there's a very specific point that's fleeting me right now. But some of the other stuff he was talking about. I mean, he, the, him growing into the, you know, the community he did. How much there is people's lack of ability to prioritize in places, yeah, yeah. and like saying they want something, but then like the words that they're speaking don't translate to the oh, actions sure. that they're making. For sure. Um, so this is funny too, cause you know, if I, you know, on, in what we do in the business world, for example, like when we're, we deal with a lot of businesses, different, a lot of different industries. And it's insane to me how many people I meet with and talk to and communicate with that are like in the startup phases where I have to have a really strong, like just forward conversation with them. Like, look, you're saying you want to do X, Y, and Z, what you're doing, what I've seen yeah. from the past 48 hours, you're going to fail. It's not because you're a bad human being. It's because your actions don't match what right. you're trying to say. And if you quit your job, it's not going to be good for you. Right. You know, and I have we have to have these conversations with them. Like, look, you've got to change your actions before I would ever think about quitting your day job. Yeah. Because it gets it gets difficult sometimes. You know, you know the the thing that I've I've said to many young up and coming fighters is, you know, it's don't let me care more about you than you care about you. Don't yeah. let me care about more your success more than you care about your success because that's yours. Yeah, you know my my coach uh, uh, Mike Altman. He's been my kickboxing coach since two thousand five. He is, you know, he just was down there doing a seminar and he was like, you know, 
I don't own these techniques. I mean, they're, they're not mine. They're not, no, no secret sauce with this. I'm giving this guys to you, Yeah. but you don't own it yet. You have to cultivate, you have to practice it before you can ever own it. And, and people don't want to cultivate their skills and practice stuff. They just, they just look at the end result and think I'm going to be here. They miss all these steps. I, I think it's, I use the term as we look at we look at the the Beyonces of the world, yeah. where we see the extreme versions of where we want to be, yeah. not understanding you know the amount of years and effort that got to where they were going, but also understanding that there's a spectrum there. It's like so you're talking about the gold medal thing, for example, right? Like getting the gold medal is what everybody aspires to, but then we forget that hey, fourth plate's pretty damn good too. Right, like we forget sometimes, especially as we get starting to like. So Ricky Bobby would disagree with you. First or last, okay? For you, first or last. First or last. So we so we talk. So I do a nonprofit over the summer, and it's a professional marching band. Very very high level of skill set that we do because it's not like high school, and it's uh, most of them are very much better than a lot of college bands. Um, and a lot of it's because what we do is um, we we take these kids from around the country. They're between the ages of you know sixteen and twenty one. And they come in and they literally move in for four weeks where we do nothing but work oh, for wow. four weeks straight. They wake up at seven in the morning. They don't go to sleep till like 10 or 11 o'clock at night, nonstop rehearsals. So, of course, by the end of that, they're pretty freaking good, right? For but sure. The, what we talk about a lot, though, is like at the end of the season, there are competitions. And, we, you know, first place is what we're striving for. But understanding that, hey, we're all – when we talk about the entire community – we're all working incredibly hard. You guys are even last places at a different level than most other people. We, you can't be discouraged because you didn't get first. For sure. Right? And so I, I was talking to a friend of mine in the community as well, and he was, he was talking about one year he saw a group got second place, and they were crying. And he's like, I can't understand what was going on in that, that – like what was going on in those kids' heads like – if the first place medal was that important, they missed the point of the summer. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so I think the same thing what goes on when, you know, with an, well, I think with, I, th- with I think fighting. What, I think what it sounds like is, is you're basically describing a describing like set development. Mm-hmm. You know, if I start here, like today I say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to have a fight October 13th. Mm-hmm. Today's day one of camp. And I go October 13th and I fight and I lose. But all that time I trained, it was it was set development. It was concrete, point A to point B. I have to get these amount of skills by this time and get in this kind of shape by this time that you're, you know, the result wasn't what you wanted, but you're better October 13 than you were today. Right. You, you developed during yeah. that time because you set a concrete goal yeah. and you did something with it. And I think people that, that are competing in the MMA at all are like the top 1% of fighters in the world – Right. <laughs> you know, it's it compared to the, you know, to the, the guys at the bar. You see, you see what I'm saying? Well, just so. So, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> so number one, I mean, there's 16 year old girls that can choke out the guy at the bar. Yeah. And he has no idea. Um, so there's there's that. But then within that, within those groups, you know, jujitsu, I mean, there's there's so many people. There's 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 the, the casual person. There's a person that does it for fitness or self-defense. Mm-hmm. There's a person that does it like that's just never ever going to really be coachable or never really going to not be spazzy but they're showing up and they're putting in time yeah. and they love it and they're having a good time and they need to be that's, that's the other thing too like who i and i'm you know i'm thinking about it from d- totally different perspectives like someone going into it you don't have to win for you to get something out of it right oh, like sure. the amount i'm just thinking like the amount of work that goes through i'm just i'm imagining someone going in from nothing working through this stuff and and just getting better at it and like even if they never win a match in their life they left your gym a better human being than they walked in. And I think ultimately that when I think about ultimately, I think that's the best part about that. It's uh, so, so to, to kind of make that make a lot of sense on an even deeper level. um, Myself, um, we've got a couple kids at the gym. Um, We've got a a buddy of mine, Dustin Shellhammer um, all suffer from PTSD. Yeah. So I was training all this time. And it was one of those things where I was like, man, I'd rather take off of work at the police department and not be. I didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. I hated being there. I, I mean, people didn't like me. People didn't like my opinions about stuff. Um, you know, I would, I would basically tell people, hey, guess what? Just because you're good at shooting doesn't mean you're, you're a good fighter. That doesn't right. mean, you know, oh, great, I can shoot something. Awesome. 
but can you even defend yourself against a drunk 120 pound human being? Nope. Can't then yeah. what, what good is, what good is this skill? That's so finite and final and this skill that we use every single day. So people didn't like my opinions, but, but again, I also did things there that didn't get me liked. So my decisions, right. my actions led sure. me to that position. But you know, through that, I was, I was wanted to train more than anything. And then I ended up getting involved, uh, later on down the road, Dustin, was a, an alumnus from the Mighty Oaks Warrior Project. Mm-hmm. Um, people can check that online for sure. But um, Mighty Oaks deals with first responders and, and military people that have PTSD from whatever cause, whatever situations. And in that community, Dustin got me involved, and I found out when I was there that what I was doing is I was doing replacement therapy. So, jujitsu, fighting kickboxing all were a way for me to not have to worry about those stresses and those traumatic events and and, and specific scenarios that put me in such a horrible space of being anxious and having depression Mm -hmm. and everything else that it was a level of escapism. It's, it's, I mean, when you are, when you have someone on your back trying to choke you, you're not worried about Mm -hmm. the stuff you're worried about 15 minutes ago. You can't think about that stuff. Right. Because you don't want to get choked. You, you got to be thinking, I got to just think about this. Yeah. Keep this guy's arm from getting on my neck. Yeah. Put my back on the mat. Shrimp. All this stuff. So you're doing all this problem solving because, and you're fixing things and you have a visual, visual, tangible example in front of you. Hey, I've got to grab here and I've got to put this much pressure and do this and I can get myself out of the situation because when I'm at home at night, and I can't sleep, and I'm having nightmares, I'm waking up screaming and covered in sweat, I can't solve those problems. Right. And they've already happened, there's nothing I can do to fix them, and it puts you in a really, really bad spot mentally. And so jujitsu, martial arts, they take you out of that spot. And then you're surrounded by other people that they don't care about the things that you're self-conscious about and worry about, again, talking about that community. Right. And I and so when it comes to that, you know, people that have PTSD, people have depression, anxiety, you know, you go and do a martial art and you absolutely come out of there way better than you went in a hundred percent. It's, you can't help it. Just again, that's one of those things where is success getting a belt or getting a medal or getting a stripe on your belt or beating a guy every round or is success. The fact that you were able to walk into a place to get yourself out of a bad situation. So you are not going to take a drink or take a drug or, mm-hmm you know, yell at your family members or whatever. That's a success right there. Yeah. Just, you were, you were talking about the, like in the middle of the fight. And I just had this weird real, like, I wish that the world would look at like their day-to-day life, the way that you just described a fight. (laughs) Right. Right. Because like, you're talking about like in the moment, like when you're thinking about like getting out of a a chokehold, for example, like you, nothing else matters in that moment. Right. Oh, absolutely. Nothing else matters. Like you're just you're trying to get out of that situation. And it's funny because I think about I'm thinking about like people that I, I, I I'm just thinking about like the general public, like whenever you go into a situation like there's so many outs that we're given. Oh, absolutely. So many different outs where like uh, the blame thing, we're like to blame other people. Like if things aren't going right at this job, we just quit and go find another one. Like I'm you just start unlucky, a business, whatever. Right. And there's so many, there's so many different outs. But like if, if people were to think, you know, Will Smith said this one time, it was, uh, um, there's no plan B because it distracts from plan A. Mm-hmm. And I think about that in the, like this, the context of like people making decisions because it's the easier route or because they don't want to face whatever it is they're dealing with, right? In business or your family, for example, I'm thinking about that. I mean, my God, you can get some real interesting conversations where the easier route is the one people normally take because the route that was actually better for us was just hard, Yeah. right? Um, and so I have a lot of respect for someone that goes into something like, like this for other reasons other than fame, right? Like I've got my opinion about people like that, but <laughs> right. um, the people that go into it for dealing with PTSD, for example, like a lot of an incredible amount of respect for that because my goodness, I can't imagine, I can't imagine going through that. Like my, my younger brother right now is in, um, he's in the Navy right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I could probably make some, some Navy jabs at him, but I'm, I won't, um, but <laughs> is it being in the Navy, a right? Navy jab? <laughs> right. Would that be considered that's, one? That's the jab itself. Okay, cool. No. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I, you know, I think about that. Like I, I, I haven't, I tried to talk him out of it. Cause I, you know, I'm not big on that, but I have an incredible amount of respect for him going and doing that because I couldn't, right. There's no way it wasn't something, it wasn't something that was interesting to me. And then there was, I also think like 
my own mortality scares me a little bit. Right. You know, um, because I think like I've got one shot at this. That's life. I've got to make sure that I'm doing everything in my power to make sure I enjoy every single second of it. And, um, the, with the PTSD thing, like someone going into that, dealing with the problems that they're dealing with and being able to try and, and attempting to try and find some sort of escapism from that to try and enjoy those sections of their lives. Like I, that I'm sure is very difficult. It's very difficult, but you know, the, there's the this way people, <laughs> the, the way people, the way people talk about stuff a lot of times is always the, uh, you know, I got to try this. I got to try this. Got to try this. I got to do this. I'm just not doing good enough. I got to do this. And they always keep trying to attack things from the same perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that Mighty Oaks, one of the first things they say when they sit you down, you're sitting there surrounded by a bunch of guys that you're like, you know, every single person in there is probably like, oh, I don't even, I don't even deserve to be given this opportunity and be here because what I did was this. And this guy was a Navy SEAL or this guy right. drove tanks or this guy, you know, whatever. This guy was a firefighter and, worked 9-11, you know, and you know, my problems aren't as big as theirs. I'm right. just being a wuss. You know, the problem is, is that's how you always think. You mm-hmm. think your problem, you de- undervalue yourself and, and you, you minimize your stuff. And you're like, well, I'm just going to help other people. Well, whatever you're doing is not working. When they right. sit you down, they say, well, if what you're doing is not working, it's time to do something else. Yeah. And so do something else. So if, if what you're doing is not working by going to heroes and just listening to Pantera and trying to do bench press True. and curls isn't working to relieve your stress. Why not try something different? Right. And that's, that's, uh, you, you know, I think people will find a lot more inspiration in the doors of a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Academy or in, in the doors of a kickboxing gym. I think they'd find a lot more inspiration in those places than they, than they would from watching a Will Smith video or looking oh, at yeah. inspirational quotes because I see inspirational stuff every single day. You know, I see kids that have severe learning disabilities able to go out and one by one, step by step, tell an instructor, this is how I do this. And I put my hand here. I do this. It's got this name. And this is what I do. And then they're, they're engaging with everybody, you know, kids with ADHD, ADD, kids with, with, that are a little bit on the spectrum, you know, blind people, people that join jujitsu at age 65 that go compete four months later and lose 50 pounds. You know, guys that have gone, that have been in the military and graduated yeah. from West Point, and they're going in, that are pre-med, are yeah. in our gym. That's inspirational. And people can pull that from someone right within their own community. In Midland, Texas, we have all these types of people. Oh, yeah. That are doing good for themselves based on just doing something they enjoy doing. Yet, we're going to put more stock into what Kanye West says or, or whatever, you know. Right. I, if I want to be inspired, I go to the gym. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, man, that's so funny. I'm, I'm. I'm thinking see I'm trying to think of the best way to word this. Um you those you know, the little snippets of the stories you were just talking about, it's so interesting to me, like how many of those people you just mentioned, and I'm sure you've got names in your heads, oh for sure, don't think of themselves as being the motivation. None of them do. Right? None of them do. But they've got this in, like this incredible story of what they've been able to accomplish. It's it's just interesting to me how many people I'm sure there's I think everybody's got an interesting story. I think everybody's got that, and I think that everybody has um, some sort of adversity that they came out of that could be used for motivational, like for motivation in themselves or for other people. Um, but we often, like you said, it's a perspective thing. We don't think of ourselves that way. We're very critical of ourselves sure. most of the time. I mean, really, there's there's so many ordinary people that live an extraordinary life. They don't. To them, it's not extraordinary. To them, it's not valuable mm-hmm. or redeeming. But you know, if you if you wake up. And just set a goal. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go to do jujitsu tonight. Or I'm going to go and I'm going to go to the bag class. Or I'm going to, I'm going to go do kickboxing fundamentals. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to judo. Just setting those little goals is something that, that's really big that people don't understand. Like, hey, you're doing more. You undervalue yourself. Because there's people within the gym, like you said, that, that undervalue themselves. That they've done all these incredible things. And then there's the other people that haven't done those things. They're not the examples I'm pointing out. Right. And they undervalue themselves and look at those people like they're just extraordinary and they're not. But then there's the people that don't even want to show up and do anything to better themselves. Yeah. They're extraordinary to those people. Yeah. Because I don't know how many times I hear someone say to someone else, man, I wish I could do that or I wish I was that tough or oh, I wish I, I was that flexible or I had that much energy or whatever. It's like you you can. Everybody can. Grass is always greener. We just, we just choose not to. <laughs> yeah. So – I'm going to segue. We're talking about, you know, the value of yourselves. Let me, 
I'm going to, this is a weird segue, but you'll understand where I'm going with. Talk to me about what you guys are doing on, in, in your promotion world, in your marketing world. Mm-hmm. What are you guys doing? Specifically social. I really don't care if you guys are doing billboards or anything. Right. <laughs> but like, what are you guys doing on social media right now that's, that you think is interesting? Um, you know, I think getting into, number one, people being willing to talk about their stories mm-hmm. is a huge thing marketing wise. Yeah, I love that. Um, but people don't want to talk about themselves. Yep. Hey, will you come here and give me a testimony? No, no. I don't, you know, oh, I don't wearing my right makeup. I got I'm, I just got done working out. Uh, is it this? Yes. You know, whatever it is. It's like, guess what? The position you're in right now, how you look, what you just got done doing, the way you talk. Yeah. How many thousands of people in Midland talk just like you and think just the way you do and look just like you do? Yep. Everybody, everybody is the same. Yeah. There, there are, you know, it's. This is something we are not snowflakes like everyone thinks. Yes. We're not beautiful and unique. Everybody's a person. This, this is, is what something is. we talk about so often because whenever we so in in marketing world um, for years and years and years this, this industry was dominated by very well put together advertisements, right. right? The makeup was perfect and the lighting was perfect and all this stuff, right? But now it's so funny to me when we see what's opened up in the social world, Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat, where everything is so done on the fly that some of the most viral videos ever were filmed on a flip phone. Oh, for sure. Right. And so whenever it's funny you say that, because I actually think that there's a lot of value that comes out of hearing a testimony from somebody who's like sweating and like just kind of just gross and their hair's all like the, the amount of value that comes out of that's so interesting because they're like someone on the other end of that is like, Oh my God, like that's a real person. Yeah. Right? Like this isn't someone they hired to come in and be an actor and they're like super like we all get we all get kind of pissed off when we see like weight loss programs and it's the guy that has got like eight eight abs. Yeah. But like clearly this guy's my body eight, my eight abs. Right? That's... Yeah, no kid like I've got a I've got a beer belly a little bit, but it, when we see that stuff we're like this isn't why are I'm not I don't I know that the, what they're trying to do is you get people to look like that. You can't identify with that person. Right. There's exactly. no there's no way to identify. And I think um, you know, that's a, that's something where people don't want to talk to themselves. I don't want to talk. You know, I, I've been given challenges, you know, through marketing and stuff. You give a challenge like, Hey, post a picture yourself at your business and mm-hmm. then write a brief story about why you got started doing that. It's like, I don't, I don't want the, yeah. I don't, it's, it's just, it's weird. It's weird for people. I'm like, I have to do that. You yeah. Know? Um, and uh, I still haven't done that. I got to make that post. Uh, <laughs> I got to make that post and make a video of that post, and then get, so it's, it's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, I th- I think what what is, what is social media really? Like uh, it's it's a it's just word of mouth. Yep. How 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 are businesses successful at the beginning? From from any business, it's always mm-hmm. like, hey, where'd you get that? Who did that for you? Yeah. Then someone will go. Yeah. And that's all social media is. It's just word of mouth. So, so people giving testimony, testimonial videos or checking in where you're at or whatever, when they're doing that, they're helping that business. Yeah. So you, the way that I think we think about this here is we think about social media being a, um, it's relationships first. Absolutely. And it's so, it, it's, you know, like I say, it's so interesting to me whenever I, I scroll through my Facebook feed and I see all these ads that I don't care about. I yeah. have no interest in, and you no, know, they're no, targeting you, you me for whatever do, reason. You were right? talking about them, and right? your phone heard it. Yeah, and so, <laughs> right, exactly. Like, okay, so you got me to see it. That's cool. Yeah, but, yeah. like, whenever I, we think about the people that if we want, if we end up buying from somebody, if, you, if consumer, business, B2B, it doesn't matter what it is. If we end up buying some, from somebody, it's because of one of two reasons. Either one, it was an immediate need we needed solved right that moment. Right. And so that happens a lot. But usually what ends up happening is the reason we buy from someone is because we trust them. Yeah. Right? We trust the brand. It's why we buy Nike. It's why we buy Coke. It's why, you know, we Keurig, for example, that the brand name of Keurig. I'm just thinking my coffee. Yeah. So it's the same thing. I think about the relationships that get built that way. And so many people are missing that point. Um, the, the, the term I used one time, a podcast from a long time ago, was we, especially as we start getting into business world, we use the words social media together so nonchalantly uh-huh. we forgot. Mm-hmm. That, that first word social. Yeah, for sure. And so many businesses mess this up. I think so often, I think that I think it'd be really like this, for example, the reason we're doing this, I want people to watch the show and like be entertained by it. Yeah. And hopefully they think I'm a cool guy. Probably not. And yeah. that's cool. <laughs> but and, you know, and like, and just bringing people on, I think it's really interesting. Um, and also I like, you know, highlighting, 
you know, local businesses or right. just other people. I think it's cool. Um, so what, so we, we talked a while back about some of the stuff you guys were doing. What, what are, what are some recent stuff that you guys have done specifically? So what we, what we used to do is we used to have like every, every picture on our Instagram and Facebook was a picture of someone on a podium with some copy and pasted mm-hmm. inspirational quote. Yeah. And that's fine. People, people love being around winners. They like seeing people that are getting results. I mean, this is West Texas. Yeah. You know, this is a first, you're, you're either first or last yeah. kind of environment, you know? I mean, the football team's awesome or they suck. Yeah. You know, that's it. There's no in between. There's no, hey, the kids did good this year. Yeah. Like, yeah, the parents say that, but right. then everybody else saying, no, they were horrible. So people are drawn to that. But I, I think what's really important now, and people have really seen a big difference in and people come up to me all the time and say, who, who does your social media? Who does your marketing? Well, I do it. And oh, my gosh. You know, because and I'm all oh, what I'm doing. I'm just taking pictures of people doing stuff at the gym and hanging out and smiling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if someone posts a picture of them, uh, you know, uh, you can always you can always guarantee CJ. Hi, CJ. Cyril up at the gym. You can always know that CJ is going to be taking a picture of himself smiling. Yeah. You always know Blessed Matthias is going to take a picture of himself smiling. I'm stealing that. That's mine now. <laughs> right, yeah. But, but, I mean, that's I, – I don't want to highlight just somebody winning a medal. Like, again, if we're, if we're going to say that it's not about the gold medal, it's what you're doing in life, then let's show life. Show me the and process. I, yeah, I, and, yeah. I, and I love that, and I like seeing the little kids. There, there's, there's very few pictures I'll, po- I'll post about anybody with medals and stuff. I will do them. But I like I, I'd rather what what draws my attention. I guess what's, when I'm being selfish about what I'm going to put on there, it's just like you know that person is smiling, having a good time. That's what it's all about. And I think the focus on that, getting more into the you know, some more testimonial stuff, you know, instead of just trying to have a little highlight video and everything, I think that's what's really valuable. I think that's um, and even outside of like a, from a sales standpoint, I mean, at the end of the day, hi. <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, you know, I'm not going to, I don't have to sell someone something for full price if they're going to enjoy it and it's going to help them out. I mean, if they have a problem, they, and the way that they're going to get mm-hmm. through it is, is work, then I'll work, a, work it out with them. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, I think it's, again, I think it's just what this, this is such a unique product as a consumer. Right. That, you know, there, there's exceptions that need to be made sometimes. You know, you can you can help people out. You can do things to help if, if, if you're able to and if they need it. That's what it's for because what are we doing at the end of the day? What we're doing is helping people. That's so interesting. So you're not like – that's so interesting that you're not like strict that way. Because I, I, I have – like – You have to be sometimes, of course. You're be. running a business. I have to be. And it's really hard when I when I see someone's like, well, we my family just can't afford it and my kid just wants to do jiu-jitsu. I'm like, let's do it. Yeah. We're like now all – you know, the kids started – and then now dad wants to do it, and then mom wants to do it. Right. And it's like, I can't charge these people full price. It just doesn't, you know, for seven people. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. But, you know, and then there's some people that they're like, hey, I'll pay full price, plus I'll donate some money to the gym for a seminar, and I'll do this and that, or whatever. I mean, everybody, it's it's almost like tithing, I guess. You know, you give what yeah. you can. But, um, you know, I, I think there's, you know, right, right now we're at a spot where, I mean, we have to concentrate on it being a business because – of course. Well, well, right now, you know, I, if the oil bust happens, hope, yeah. you know, but if something happens or some new regulation comes down or, or whatever, and then everybody moves, yeah, you know, we don't, we lose everybody, yeah. you know? So that's super scary as a business owner. So you can't give something away, but at the same time, I mean, you know, you've got kind of two ends of the spectrum. You're, you're not just giving a membership to a gym, but you're giving all these other things that help people out. And it's, you know, I'm not just. Yep. You know, they're not just paying for that, but then also like, Hey, if I can help, I got to help. Right. It's, well, it's, so, it's, it's so, so weird. that, that mentality is a, like is gold that I, I wish more people had that where it was about the value first. But you say that, but if, but I, if I'm part of a, like a marketing group or something and they're going to uh. go on there and say, Hey, listen, you're giving, you're giving this kind of service and you don't want the people that don't want to pay full price. You want to attract sure. only the people that pay of course. Full price. So but let, let's, let me talk about this Roma because this just, is interesting. It's so confusing. Yeah. To me. This is interesting. So we, we do, we have, we have been in situations before where people don't want to pay full, full, full price. We negotiate sometimes and we negotiate for a couple of reasons. One, I think we do such a good job that they end up paying full price because we get them to that place. Right. But the other thing too, like right now we're working on, um, we're working on a program where 
we're charging almost nothing for smaller startup businesses to come in and just sit with us once a week and just chat about what they're doing and brainstorm and kind of get our perspective of it right and for like super cheap from you know it was i think it ended up being like 12 bucks a sitting for the month um but the reason why we're doing that there's a lot of things we're trying to solve with this um it's like a it's like a giant rock and like five birds but one of them is sounds violent yeah very (laughs) um one of them is is i'm i was a teacher first right and that's where i thrive I thrive in conversations like this. I thrive in being in those situations. And I want to be in a place where when we put the camera on, I'm giving my best. Because sometimes when I get on the podcast and I just talk, it turns real stale because it's mm. hard for me to talk to myself and things get awkward. Oh, like, like a by yourself kind of thing. Right, yeah. right. And sometimes I try and drag these guys in and they don't give a shit about what I care about. <laughs> so but so being being in that situation, I think, would be really interesting. Um, uh, two, being able to – it's affecting other more people. Yeah. Like being able to open that up and give value to people – even if they can't afford like our full services, like hopefully getting them to to a place where maybe they can. Um, Because I'm big on like teaching someone how to be successful is super important to me. What what do you do if you have given your services to people or given them a such a big, a big like price cut or whatever negotiate with them for so long. Then when you, then when they are in a, you know, for a fact, they have the ability to make it right at that point, not Mm -hmm. pay anything back, but just like, Hey, you know, I've been training MMA for free for six months mm-hmm. and now I don't want to, I just feel like it's just owed to me. It's like, well, right. You have a job now and you're, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. So, you know, that's, that's, what they, to me, that's one of those things that kind of is weird about the martial arts community. Cause like yeah. some people are totally cool with that. Some people aren't, some people are in the middle. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, I, it's, it's, I think that's, everywhere. you know, that's interesting. I think about it. You know, you give that, that you give that example. I'm, I'm big on giving, stuff away with zero expectation of it ever coming back. Oh, for sure. Oh, when you do, you know? that's, that's what's yeah. happening. And I, you and just hope someday that person of goes, course. you know what? This month I'm going to go ahead and give you guys 20 right. bucks. Oh, sweet. Right. <laughs> and then like understanding that most of the time that's probably not going to happen. For sure. Right. Um, for sure. But being able, cause I think the real value you get out of that, you know, I, I was talking to someone about this the other day. I, I try and treat everybody. I try. It's not a, like I'm not perfect, right? But I try and treat everybody as if they were the connection to my next million dollar client. Oh, and absolutely, and that right? definitely does happen. We definitely have had yeah. those people that we work with that refer other people, and that's that's awesome. That, I think that's probably about the best thing you can ask for. Is say, hey, I'm I'm giving this person something. They're getting a lot out of it, and then. Three yeah. months down the road, they get their cousin to come in. That's cool. Yeah. You know? I think a lot of times, you know, we, we talk about that. I think a lot of times when people are afraid of doing what you're talking about, like the stuff that you mm-hmm. do, people are afraid of doing that because they see the immediate ROI being negative. <laughs> Not understanding that down the line, the connections that this person may bring, like it's invaluable sometimes. Right. Now, obviously, like we talk about, like you're running a business. <laughs> You've got to make decisions sometimes. But I, I actually think you're on – I think you're on a really – the right track with this, that mentality I think is super important. I think it's the thing that most people are missing because people go into businesses for the wrong reasons. Yeah. They go into it because they think they're going to make a lot of money, a lot of money and, and a lot of, of personal glory. Right. And happen. neither of that really happens. And not only does it, well, I mean, you can make it happen, but I mean, I, I just think it's a, I just think there just has to be a, a level of humility with it and the way that you do some stuff and you know, the, the being able to, to work, and understand that I'm, I'm helping people out is a yeah. big thing. I mean, and, but again, that's something where I always have to try to figure out is the way I look at stuff pretty normal or not, because I'm not doing a normal thing, you know? Right. Well, but I, I think that's, I think that's golden because when you go into something that you enjoy doing and you're able to make money off of that, that's, that's like everybody's dream. Oh, for sure. Right for sure. now. Of course, when we get into it, they don't we're like, like emptying the trash and being like, right. People put that in the trash. Like, right. they yeah. Even, they don't like doing that. No but, kidding. You know, Hey, that's, that's, what is that? Five minutes out of my day. That's right. It, it, yeah. And it's just the, the passion behind it. It's so interesting. Cause like, again, like I've, the reason why I don't care for marketing, I have no interest in it really. But what I enjoy about this is that I've learned a skill set that I in, then enjoy giving back to right. people. And that's, I've figured out a way I've like hacked my brain somehow to make this interesting for me. And because of the way that we're, you know, we're presenting this. Um, but it's, it's 
when people go into something they don't enjoy because they think there's going to be money involved, most of the time they end up quitting because the money doesn't come as fast as they yeah. thought it would. You know, and so for like, like, I don't, you know, I don't know, obviously your situation, but obviously, (laughs) well, no, but in reality though, it's actually incredible because you're doing something you really love doing, right? You a millionaire? Probably not. Right. Like none of us in this room are like, we wish we were, but we really enjoy what we're doing. And I think because of that, we've won the lottery in a real way. You know, I I think it's, I think it's everybody. I, 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 I've noticed there's a guy, I can't remember his name, but he is, he's a lineman and he's like so proud of the fact that that's his job and that's what he gets to do that. He like has a clothing company just for like yeah. lineman t-shirts where I don't know anything about that stuff, but I mean, same thing. I mean, he, he found something he enjoys that most people are like, that's just a job. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I agree hundred percent. That's so interesting. So, um, to wrap things up, um, Give us your social tags, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Do you have any of those like off the top of your head? Yeah. Uh, my Instagram is at Brad Gordino. Okay. G O R D I N H O. It's basically Portuguese for chubby. Okay. So <laughs> Brad Gordino. Um, and then, you know, we've got the, the Midland, Midland BJJ on Instagram always has stuff coming up on it. Um, that's that. And then the Facebook page for Midland BJJ and the business page for Midland BJJ. That's really the easiest way to get in touch with us and, and, and get in there and do jujitsu. Um, and, and that's how people can contact us, ask anything that's going on. And and we try to try to respond very quick. I mean, I'm doing this. If I wake up at 6 a.m., then I'm answering calls and returning messages yeah. and stuff. And then when I go to bed, I probably just got done doing it one more time. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know how many phone calls. I get, I get a thousand phone calls a day. I get like five of those people coming into the gym actually right. show up, you know. Um, but that's just people just need to contact us. They want to get involved in something and enjoy themselves. They can mm-hmm. do that. And then people that want to say, Hey, I, I the jujitsu is not for me. And you can go to pinnacle, pinnacle Muay Thai, uh, Midland Muay Thai.com is a website for that. So there's, there's a lot of avenues. People don't even realize that the, the, there's the level of coaches that they have access to here. I mean, um, I'm one of the least credentialed coaches in the gym <laughs> as far as, you know, for, for Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, I'm one of the least credentialed coaches there and I've still won a, a master's world championship at the purple belt and I've done silver medal at Pan Am's and have other world championship bronze medals at brown belt and stuff. And I've been a black belt for three years, but my coach has been a black belt for like, I mean, he's 38. He's probably been a black belt for 37, you know, like yeah. he's, he's, <laughs> you know, he's done, and he's done all the, the, the big tournaments and he's a master's world champion and at black belt and everything. And, and, you know, we've got judo black belts and we've got all these people. So just for the, the coaching staff perspective, not even the countless number of people that have won world championships and Pan American championships that live here in Midland, Texas, that you can go train with. Yeah. You know, so if it's like, hey, I don't want to compete. I don't care about that stuff. I just want to, like we talked about, I just want to go walk in and feel better. Okay, we'll feel better with a world champion coaching you and a world champion training partner helping you out for your drills. Yeah. That's awesome. Being around those people is huge too. Just oh, that it's, the it mentality. Just, it, again, you've you got a good feeling and good vibe because you know that's a person that you can kind of look to to be inspired by. And it's yeah. just – and they're easy to talk to. That's just your training yeah. partner. Do you have any events coming up that you want to – so um, push out the there's there's Dallas Open coming up for us in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. That's kind of the big tournament for us as, as a team uh, with uh, Professor Bruno Bastos. We've won the team championship at that every year they've had it, whether it's gi or no gi or whatever. I think we got second place in one thing, but we still won a team championship at that at, at another division. So that that's the biggest one in Texas, basically. Um, MMA wise, we've got guys fighting this weekend in uh, in San Antonio for Fury Fighting Championships. We just had Sean Robertson when uh his muay thai debut unanimous decision victory and sean started with us had never been in a fight put gloves on with us the very first time and then uh that was like five months ago six months ago won his first fight he's lost 50 pounds wow you know came in at 275 pounds weighed in last weekend at 222 you know uh so th- that kind of stuff's going on i'm trying to get right now we're working really hard we have again midland has people they don't know about we got a ufc veteran that's in midland that's teaching classes for you guys. So people can come in and do that yeah. stuff. And we're trying to get him, you know, he right now he's like in waking up 207 pounds. I mean, he can make weight for last minute fight if he wants to. He's constantly training now. He's being pushed in jujitsu at Midland BJJ. He's got good training partners at Pinnacle. He's ready to go. So, you know, for, for the, the, the MMA side of it, when, as far as what's coming up, it just depends on who gets a phone call, you know, for, for jujitsu, there's always someone 
so you can always set a goal if you're goal oriented do jujitsu because you'll always have a tournament to go do right if you're if you're like i want to fight and i want to train I, i'm okay with it being a long drawn out process go do mma because you might get a phone call and then you might have your opponent drop out two yeah. days four weigh-ins you know so that's a more volatile right. way to set a schedule for sure Cool. So, um, anything else? Uh, let me. You get to ask. I want you to ask a question to the general public. Ooh, to the general public. Yeah. Okay. Uh, man, Connor or Khabib? <laughs> okay. Okay. The the MMA people will know. Yeah. So. Chris. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Then. No, for the general public, you know, what what would you like to see? out of martial arts in Midland, Texas. Would you would you like to see grappling tournaments or would you like to see kickboxing matches? You know, would you like to get involved with stuff? And, and if they're interested in, you know, if my question to the general public is, is do you want to make yourself extraordinary even though you feel like you're ordinary? Well, then that's Love the answer that. to that question. Cool.